Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. That's more than enough talking cobblers for now. It's time to talk another type of cobblers in the form of Premier League Club's alleged proposals to scrap FA Cup replays as part of the so-called New Deal for football. I'm joined by Jay Cave of Against League Three, and it's... One of those ones, Jay. First, we had the creation of the Premier League itself in 1992, like um, just huge audacious power grab. Then the big clubs went after the international TV money. We've got B teams in the EFL Trophy, Project Big Picture rumbling on. Where is it going to end? Thanks for having me on. As usual, said before, you know it's never it's never great when when you have me on. It's usually for some sort of bad news. Um, <laughs> where does it end? Oh, I don't know. The the the, the plans that we're talking about. Are, a really quite interesting, but in a sort of scary and horrific way. Um, I suppose it's worth clarifying exactly what is allegedly and supposedly on the table. You're right. We just need a little bit of context. So the context is uh, Martin Ziegler of the Times broke the news this week that scrapping FA Cup replays and radical changes to the League Cup are part of proposals being considered by Premier League clubs on Wednesday for their shareholders meeting as part of a new deal for football. That's an interesting phrase. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, he expanded to say that the calendar proposal would scrap third and fourth round FA Cup replays entirely. Sources, this is a quote from his article, sources with knowledge of the plan have told the Times um, clubs involved in European competitions would either not compete in the League Cup or would field under 21 side. So there's uh, impact there on the League Cup and the FA Cup with regards, um, especially the FA Cup with regards replays. Um, then on Wednesday morning, an article by Simon Stone on BBC Sport gave a little bit more detail in that um, talks will also um, you know, will take place over major changes to the EFL Cup. Uh, and the um, FA Cup as part of the New Deal for Football. Neither Cup is run by the Premier League, which is interesting. So it would have to approach the FA and EFL about any potential changes. Clubs allegedly are concerned by the increased strain in the very commas and an already packed calendar that UEFA's Champions League expansion will create from 2024. FA Cup replays were scrapped in the 2021 season to help with the fixture backlog caused by COVID-19. It's quite a lot of detail there, but let's stick stick to um, FA Cup replays. It's probably the big takeaway. Jay, um, what is your your take there on, on face value, especially in terms of this fixture congestion that they talk about um, and the uh, European Cup? I'm of the personal opinion that in a way, particularly when you're talking about a Premier League team with a signed up squad of, you know, often over 100 players over the age of 16, 17. Yeah. The, the fixture congestion's a, a myth in, in, in that sort of sense. When, when you have those players available, you know, there's been replays in the FA Cup since the, 
obviously FA Cup started the 1880s, 1870s, whenever it was, there's been replays since then. And I think to, to devalue it for these reasons is a real shame. It, it, it's a significant source of income that you'd be taking away. Yeah. And the one, the one example that really sprung to mind for, you know, when I, when we talked about me coming on the podcast today and I was, I was trying to figure out what I was going to say, the, the one example that really came to mind was Burton Albion. You know, the, the, they, they got a, a really famous replay at Old Trafford that that absolutely drove that club to to a new level. Yeah. You know that they, they'd, they'd been languishing in in, in non-league for, you know, for many many years, uh, and they've they've established themselves as a, you know, as a perfectly respectable EFL EFL club, and it was essentially off that one game. Yeah. Um, and it can be it can it can really change. You know, a cup replay can really change the progression of a club. Yeah. So I think. To 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 scrap them at any level is a real shame. It, it's a it's a real tough one. The, the fixture congestion. I, I'm I'm not I'm not averse to the fact that that teams at all levels, not just the Premier League, teams at all levels, are in the modern day playing a lot of games. There's a lot of games of football at the minute, yeah. you, you know, and 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 it is an issue. Um, but I. I my my favoured solution is there needs to be more acceptance that you cannot play your strongest eleven every week, and that yeah. you accrue these squads to get you through this. Yeah, you know, and you've got to... no right, you've got no, you know, um, you know, right to be in um, the finals of every competition. You've got no right to be, you know, you're not um, just it's a God-given thing that you're going to be progressing in all of them. You know that you, that, that these squads need to be utilised a lot yeah. better, and you've you've got the privilege of taking. Let's not forget the best youth players from around the country via the Elite Player Performance Plan, mm. and therefore you know it's a great opportunity to use them and um, bring your club on that way. Do you know what I mean? I find this whole idea of fixture congestion quite interesting because previously it would have just been fixtures. They wouldn't have talked about the congestion. It would have been just the way that you know the football calendar works. You don't really don't hear many lower league managers with tinier budgets. You know, a lot they suffer a lot more from injuries and stuff like that. You know, less of a huge squad. You don't hear them very often moaning about fixture congestion. And it just feels to me that it's been a bit of a buzzword that's been dripped into the media by certain managers. I won't say who. You probably know who. Um, and that it's talked about, and then it becomes a thing, and then it, and then we 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 consider fixture congestion, which is just a complete sort of abstract notion, as a, actually an actual thing, and therefore we've really got to do something about it. When if you take a, a look back, you know, take a, a wider look at it, is it that much of a problem? And I like um an account called FA Cup Fact File on Twitter. It's pretty good. It knows a lot about the FA Cup, obviously, and he's got a, a whole article about fixture congestion and um, have a look at his uh, Twitter site. And I'll just read a little excerpt from what he said about the fixture congestion. Um, in fact, he tweeted or whoever it is that runs the account tweeted today to say um, uh, two things regarding the uh, alleged scrapping of FA um, Cup replays. He put, it's Premier League club owners, not clubs. That's an important distinction and should be reported like that. So we talk about clubs as a general entity when often it's driven by a board level. So that's a good point from him. And um, more importantly, FA Cup replays neither cause fixed congestion nor will their removal resolve it. Goes on to say, uh, this is in his article, I'm going to start this blog with a blindingly obvious statement that just so happens to be the elephant in the room for the likes of Jurgen Klopp, Pep Guardiola, Gary Lineker, Jim White et al., the cause of fixture congestion in English football is the Champions League and the Europa League. 
there I've said it can I encourage you all to state it too not the FA Cup and it's inconvenient replays not the League Cup it's two-legged semi-final no it's a Japanese knotweed like European competitions that are causing the fixture pileup but unsurprisingly this is an inconvenient truth for those who gain financially from the bloated Champions League so it was the FA Cup and its country cousin the Carabao Cup that get the blame for fixture congestion in the English game now it might be slightly more complicated that but I just think that's a good example of looking at it in a different way in a in a in a big picture way to use a football buzzword that it just seems like he said that the FA Cup bears the brunt for trying to sort out the problems of this expanded um European league and without that that sort of input or that that effect on English football we probably wouldn't be having this conversation would we no I mean I I I agree with a lot of what um, Phil said. Um, and I'd say Phil, who runs Africa Fat File, he's a he's a really good guy. He's a Southport fan, you know. Okay, so, okay. So there's, there's there's two of us. How many <laughs> Southport fans does it take to change a light bulb? Both of us. Um, I, I agree with a lot of that. I don't agree with all of it, but I I, I agree with an awful lot of it. You you hit the nail on the head. You you know the complaints about fixture congestion generally come from uh, you, you know managers of of elite level clubs or premier league clubs going back to what you said you, you don't often hear of lower league managers complain of the same you, you, you're right you you don't you can but you but you generally you don't um and to, to, to take my own club as an example of southport so we we play we play 46 league games not 38 uh, or you know like most of the EFL i think uh, you're all 24 teams now at the minute aren't you um, so 46 league games, two cups, and everyone just makes do. Everyone manages. Everyone sort of gets by. And part of the reason for that is the clubs need the income, so the clubs need to play matches. And if you put a match on the calendar, they're generally happy if they can fit it in. But the Premier League aren't happy with that anymore. Uh, and it goes back to what I said earlier about the, the, the matches being profitable. A lot of the, a lot of the conversation that we're having, having is absolutely driven by revenue and profit. It should be led uh, uh, from fatigue on players. I saw a, I saw a piece recently. I think it was in the Athletic, and it was it was very very good. Um, which was, I think it might have been a Liverpool player, it might be Jordan Henderson, or, or uh, talk about the demands that that are placed on 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 the bodies of a Premier League player. Now I I am a I'm a you know slightly overweight, slightly balding guy i have i'm not used to playing 38 games in the premier league but i can imagine that the demands on the body are, are, are exceptional yeah you know and they're exceptional athletes don't, don't get me wrong that there's there's many problems with the premier league but but the 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 skill of, of and the, the athleticism of the people who play in it is not one of them um and and the conversation should be driven by that the the, the amount of matches that we play you know where we play when we play that should be a key point, and it isn't currently. Jay, that's always going to be juxtaposed with the quite obvious point about the close season where players and you know humans need to recover and you know take their time, and this is a crucial recovery period. And a lot of the Premier League clubs are flying quite um, extensive distances to lucrative overseas tours. So oh, yeah. when we when we when we move on to you know player fatigue, that doesn't really sort of makes sense either because surely the first thing that these managers really worried about player fatigue will be say right we're, we're rich clubs we don't we don't need these overseas tours we're going to let these guys recover at home we'll have some local friendlies and we'll do it the right way but no 
that is never um, that is never a, a big a big talking point. You don't really hear Jurgen Klopp talk, talking up about that, do you? Oh, exactly. That's that's what I was going to move on to. You know, the the it's 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 often said, and 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 I know you particularly have made the point, you know, so many times, yeah. and I agree wholeheartedly. You can't have a conversation, or you can't complain about fixture congestion when you're when you're spending four weeks in Asia before the start of the season. Yeah. You know, now if if you want to go do that, go do that. That's fine. There's 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 no inherent issue with it. But then don't come back and moan about fixture congestion. The fi- the fix- fixture congestion, when you talk about player fatigue and things like that, it it should be a key issue, and it's not. This isn't the main issue being highlighted and raised. Say, I, I read one article a couple of weeks ago, and that was it. I've read so many so many articles about oh, we play too many fixtures. Yeah, but when you go down to Jay, when you go down to um fix uh you know fatigue level, uh, yeah, another obvious counter is like you said you started up with is that you utilize your squad. When you just have a, an, an abstract thing which is really hard to counter, fixture congestion, it's really hard. It's it's hard to argue with that to an extent. But when it's literally right, are oh, my players are tired? The obvious answer is use your extensive squad, use your really excellent academy players, make it work. You know, and and that's why that that will never be put on the table very much. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Well, that's what I, that's what I hope would be the FA's main argument if the Premier League does formally approach them and say, hey, we'd like to scrap FA Cup replays at third and fourth round. I would hope that the FA goes back and tells them to get stuffed yeah. um, for, for precisely that reason. One of the reasons why I have the platform that I do is because, you know, the, there's going to be B teams in the Football League and the FA's report and the, and the, the reasoning behind it was that youth players don't have enough minutes, right? If 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 your squad is fatigued or there's too many calendars, the, the FA Cup third round and fourth round is a fantastic opportunity to play them. You know, yeah. it's a it's a great opportunity. Now, I I, I do appreciate that um, take. I use Liverpool again because I'm from the area and, and you know Liverpool uh, Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury Liverpool in the FA Cup a couple of years ago was quite controversial because. It was a team of kids, and Jurgen Klopp didn't turn, didn't even turn up. I think, yeah. you yeah. know. So, I understand that that can still devalue it. I know that that isn't, um, you know, a quick fix to say we'll just play your kids. It isn't that simple, and I appreciate it isn't that simple, but it's not far off. You know, we we talk about there's there's real limited opportunities for these youngsters in Premier League youth academies. I think Thomas Tuchel. Um, when he recently departed Chelsea, I, I, I'm sure I saw a start. I, I, I don't, I don't know exactly off the top of my head, and I'm sure someone will will find out and maybe prove me wrong. But there, I'm sure I, I read a start that said he didn't give a single minute to a, um, a, 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 a one of the, the youth academy prospects last season. A single minute, you know, and that that's an extraordinary start. That's mm-hmm. an extraordinary start. So I would hope that that if these plans do come to fruition and the, and they discuss this this new deal as has been reported, yeah. and if they do go to the FA and say we'd like to scrap replays, I, I would hope that the FA say no on 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 that rip for that reason. Yeah, that's a good point. And this whole moniker New Deal for football, we've had various buzzword code words going all the way back to the uh, blueprint for the future of football, 1991 from the FA. That's a godforsaken document that thing it just it's just strange that you've got these pretty casual articles i would say but albeit born with a fair amount of detail from um, you know you had a bit from ziegler a bit from stone on the bbc 
with some detail in but nothing no official sources no you know no you know bells and whistles no premier league hq seal on it but then it's got this title new deal for football so it just seems a contradiction where where is it coming from jay is it is it been driven by the clubs who's the authors of the new deal for football because it sounds something like president roosevelt would come up with um so if it's therefore got that you know significant surely all the game needs to be involved in it not just the premier league or the efl especially if you're dealing with the fa fa cup which has hundreds of, of clubs going all the way down the pyramid is that a source of confusion for you as well? Who's actually pushing this new deal for football? Oh, absolutely. Get your tinfoil hat out because here come the conspiracy theories. I'm not questioning the, the reports that, co- that have come out. I am questioning how and why this has been released. And I, I do fear that this is, you know, given the controversy surrounding Project Picture and the Super League and all these plans that come out to really lukewarm receptions, I do wonder if this is a bit of a test the water, you know, type thing, um, particularly with the the looming shadow of the um, fan-led review and whether that is or isn't going to happen. You know, there's someone official talking about it because we've got a name, we've got a lot of detail in the articles that have come out, but say nothing official, you won't find anything about this on the Premier League website or the FA website or the EFL website. There's no name sources. So... Uh, it's i'm a little uncomfortable at how this has all come about i mean you read some of the headlines premier league considering scrapping fa cup replay it's not the premier league's decision yeah you know it's not the premier league's decision to scrap fa cup replays and it's not the premier league's decision um to make changes to the to the league cup um that's a good point in terms of there's two i would say quite separate themes here so you've got distribution of 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 finances and uh, parachute payments and you know solidarity payments and all stuff like that fine that needs to be discussed but then you can't tag on changes to outside competitions because they're separate things that need to be discussed separately and they can't be done if you're renegotiating a financial arrangement in, in, in a different change of finances you can't tag on things like that because you could say anything that is associated will go through with those financial discussions. I would hope it's the sort of thing that if we if we see the recommendations of the fan-led review come to fruition and we do yeah. get an independent regulator, I hope it's the sort of thing that could maybe be clamped down upon. It's it, it's a very it's a very political thing, you know. It, it it's it's similar to to what your politics may be in in you know just looking at the country as a whole. I'm a I'm a socialist, you know, is my own personal mentality, and I I think that people should be helped, and I think that people in a position of privilege should be the ones to to offer and provide and finance that help, and I I I, I genuinely think the same thing here. I coach um, I coach under tens football now, and um, we are we 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 struggle for every penny to. Um, you know, to try and improve the absolutely diabolical pitches that we play on, like you know, and it's a situation that that pours out across the country. So we're not just talking about EFL clubs. We're not even just talking about you know non-league clubs or, or national league clubs or anything. You know, we're talking about the entire pyramid. Yeah. You know, I, I I have a I have a care and a deep love for the entire pyramid. Um, uh, and a, a, this this goes back the, the situation as a whole. I just think is so bad. Is so bad. I think it, it harms English football as a whole. 
And it all points for the glaring need for that independent regulator because we've been talking about this stuff for quite a few years for our sins. And there's always been, I wouldn't call it a power vacuum because I'm pretty clear about where power lies in, in English football, but it's just this lack of being able to pinpoint where these ideas are started, where they're formulated, you know, where they're pushed through. Because in, essentially you would imagine any changes to the FA Cup would start with the FA Council and the FA's sort of uh, widespread bureaucracy beneath it and its, its ways of decision making. But in this instance, it seems to be coming from the Premier League club. So you've got it, it obviously worth to go to the FA at some point if it gets pushed through. But it just seems like there's no real control and no real democracy in football to um, make sure everyone else is represented that are going to be affected by it. And it just it literally points to the need for the independent regulator, because without that, I do fear for the, you know, the English football as we know it, because as we know, when you give an inch, people take a mile. And if this is just gets pushed through without it, any, any uproar, God knows what will be next on, on the agenda, I guess. But, um, we need to wrap up. We've been talking for quite a while. We always talk for ages about it. I guess I guess my closing point is that it, this discussion doesn't need to be completely about finances and about um, you know macro level issues. It can just be about the game itself. And if you get rid of FA Cup replays, why does everything need to be so instant in football? Why does it need to be so fast? So why does football matches have to end on the night when you're there? You know, FA Cup replays are pretty much one of the last vestiges of a slower game. It's not about instant results, you know, the ebb and flow of, of replays and sometimes, you know, more than one replay as we used to do in the past. And that famous Ricardo Villa goal, I think of 1981, Spurs v Man City, I think came in an FA Cup final replay. No one seems to mind going back to um, Wembley for a second time. Let me, and, let me add a quick point. I know, we, I know we need to be quick. I need to wrap up. Yeah. Right. So, so, the, so, uh, I'm a Southport fan. For those who don't know, I've mentioned it. The, the the biggest FA Cup tie I've ever seen. We we got drawn away at Derby County. We're a sixth tier team, and Derby were in the in the Championship. You know, it was a massive tie for us. It was massive. I was jumping in front of the TV. You know, when that draw was made, I was absolutely delighted. I was involved at the club at the time in the media team. So for us, like the, the, the two or three weeks that followed were absolutely surreal. It was yeah. such an incredible experience. Go to Pride Park. Pride Park is sold out, which, for you know, I'm, I'm used to seeing crowds of seven, eight hundred. So watching my team in front of 20,000 people was just magical. Loved sure. it. Loved every minute of it. We competed throughout the whole game. It was nil nil. And we thought we were going to drag them back to Haygab. We were going to drag Derby County, kicking and screaming back to Haygab. And I, like Kevin Keegan, I would have loved it. I was all on board for it. They got a they got a a, a last minute goal, dubious, a last minute pen, dubious, really dubious penalty. I'm still bitter about it today. Uh, but it really sums up my my whole experience about the FA Cup. When you say it's not about finances, it isn't. You know, I'm I'm one of these these um. They talk about the magic of the FA Cup, and it's a cliche, right? But I love the FA Cup. The FA Cup's great. The FA Cup's great, and it was it, that moment like that. That moment has, has always summed up how I feel about the FA Cup. I think it's a magical competition, and it yeah. isn't just about finances. I think to say to scrap the replays is a real shame. Yeah, well said. And I think the Premier League clubs need to be just aware of a little bit of a tipping point that I see it all over Twitter and I, people I speak to. They're just pe people are often say these clubs need to piss off to a Super League and leave us to it. And people feeling like these these top clubs aren't 
you know uh, and bringing benefit and and and, and um, you know health to to the pyramid that's a real sad thing these are big clubs that we should all really respect and the more Jurgen Klopp goes in the press and and moans about um, you know that he's playing too many games when I'm watching my team in League Two you know just bringing together players where they can and you know patching people up it, it really d- it diminishes my my love for you know really long-standing huge clubs and that shouldn't be the case and I think the Premier League clubs really need to be, a tread a fine line. Maybe that point has gone, Jay, already. But you know, it's it's a it's a sad thing when we we're having to resent these guys we should be looking up to. But we'll see how it goes. And um, yeah. yeah, so it's been a good chat, Jay. Um, we'll, we'll no doubt reconvene very soon for the next uh, mind fart, the next the next project, so and so project asswipe, wherever it is. But thanks a lot for joining me, and we'll speak. Oh, I really appreciate the invite, Tom. Good speech as always. Take care, mate. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.